You know, I look at uh, I look at my relationships in life, like the gym. You have to tear each other down to where you don't even recognize who you are anymore, where you feel less than human, where you feel less than the person you have put all your vulnerabilities to put out there. And you have to tear all that down just to build yourself back up. And, uh, yeah. And that'd be, uh, tearing up that pussy in return. Okay, Clint. Uh, I guess, uh, I really be coming out of the woodworks like termites because they want to see how my wood works. Okay, Clint. Welcome to episode 138 of the Off and Beat podcast. I'm your host, Clint. Don't forget to follow the pod, like, comment, subscribe, and suck some titties. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, getting a little ahead of schedule again. But, oh, yeah. Did I mention episode 138? Yeah. Off and beat. By the way, this is the fit I've been talking about because I guess you could say I'm pretty fresh and fit because, you know, I have uh, no elaboration on my own regurgitated takes i just repeat the same thing over and over and now i'm kind of phased out uh but yeah i'm kind of like a amber heard uh defamation is a beautiful thing to get sued for because you put someone through trial for years and years when it all came out that really you Fucked it up for anyone that's actually a victim. Guess you could say uh, she really has a indebted to uh, any real victim out there. It's people like her that actually ruin it for the real ones that actually get abused and don't abuse their partner and set it all up. Not saying everyone's innocent. What I am saying is. Stop using your six-month-old child as a way to, you know, lighten, lighten up your image. You do a lot of shitty things. Um, just thought I'd throw that out there. Uh, but yeah. By the way, uh, I was at the grocery store earlier. And I don't know if you guys have been to the grocery store, but, you know, there's a flower section. <clears throat> Not that I actually ever see anyone actually work in the flower section, being the fact that all the flowers are essentially fake. Not shitting on people. That's why I've got most of my flowers. Because it's a sentiment. Because what's the point of getting real flowers? Because you're going to get real flowers. And they're not. And whoever you get it for, they're probably not going to take care of it. It's a little unrealistic to ask someone. They take care of something in a vase. You know... Oh, buying the whole process for flowers. Now looking back at times I've bought flowers, it's really like, huh? I I'm gonna spend twenty seven bucks if you get a decent batch of flowers from a real flower place, right? Like, cool, nothing crazy. Then you have to buy a vase. Okay, the vase costs more than the flowers, and then God forbid if you know you got to get some go deep in the ground. It's like now it's a hundred buck investment. For something that no one's going to give a fuck six months after you buy it, right? And not everything you buy should have a long-term investment. This isn't, you know, it's supposed to be just a, here's a gift. But I do feel like when you spend over amount, there should be a 
is there gonna be a lasting impact? Cause they're not gonna be like, oh, remember that time you bought me flowers? Cause you know what? It's gonna be forgotten after two or three months. And that's okay. It's flowers. It doesn't matter. You know? Um talk about Cinder Block Garden. Okay. But uh yeah. But yeah, no, so I was walking past the flower section. You know, like if you by the way, if you work at a grocery store and you get hired just for flowers, they don't view very highly of you. Um <laughs> well, um and I felt bad for this guy. He looked like a guy that just started recently. It was like eight o'clock at night. He's just over there at the flower stand, and there's this random lady actually asking this guy about flowers. You can see the look on the guy's face. He's like, wait. This is what I signed up for. I signed up for an easy position. So no one actually asks me questions when they actually need something. Because when you go to Kroger to get flowers, you don't ask an employee, was it? Like, you don't need to know the intricacies, the history, the, you know, the type of seasons, the color will turn, you know. Because they're fake. And this guy, I could see on his face, because then she started talking about, you know, and she started getting sentimental. Like, you could tell her husband stopped listening to her like eight years ago. Does not give a fuck what she has to say about nothing. So she's like, oh my God, a young impressionable lad wants to listen to me talk about this. And even the young impressionable lad's like, not really. But it brings up a bigger point of I felt bad for the guy. Because when you work at a when when you work at a job, especially when it's customer service, you know, I guess it kind of goes back, you know, think about the Kyrie Irving situation where people were People are actually mad that he's responding to people because people are saying, fuck you, Kyrie, you piece of shit, dog, liquor, cunt, sucker, motherfucker. And then people are mad because he actually says, fuck you, too. Like, oh, you can't say that. That's just the game. It's like, okay, yeah, that is the game. And people are allowed to respond to you. It's like, if it's okay for you to say something, athlete, they can say something back. This whole, like, one-sided of you say something, but someone can't respond to it is bullshit. That is just an excuse to have a portal where it's like, I can say whatever to you and you can't say nothing to me. If you say anything to anyone, they should always be able to respond. Don't use that someone's on the job as an excuse to hold them hostage to your thoughts or your fucking takes on shit, right? But I, w- I was feeling for the guy because he's sitting there and he has to just listen to this lady. And she seemed well-mannered, but... I could tell the look on the guy's face. I was like, I've been there, man. And I I think some people lack awareness when of you when someone's working in uniform, especially when they're in a uniform, because it's like it's direct representation, right? But when someone's an employee of a place and you are just going beyond just the hey, how's your day type of stuff, you know, whatever. And you were just asking, like, and you're just getting really personal. You're making very uncomfortable because you know they just have to listen to you. Or they're deemed as a bad person. Or they're deemed as an inconsiderate. Or I wasn't satisfied. Let me fill out a survey about a survey that apparently uh, that's like the main thing that these companies care for. is for their employees to get people to do surveys instead of actually seeing the customer satisfaction. All right. But... 
I think people just need to be more considerate of like, hey, when someone's on the job working, don't use that as an excuse to hold them hostage to what you have to say about stuff. Like, he's just there to tell you bullshit about flowers that none of you know anything about. If he knew shit about flowers, he would probably work at some place that specializes in flowers. He'd at least work at like a electro like even when you work at a convenient superstore like a Walmart or Target where they have sections. Well, Target's a terrible example. No one's an expert at Target about anything. But at least Walmart, they pretend they're experts at shit. At least like they pretend the guy in the electronics knows what the hell he's talking about. Even when you ask him, like, hey, do you have a 3.5 uh, mm aux cord for, you know, my camera? And he's like, we don't have that here. And I'm like, you sure about that? He's like, I'm pretty sure. And he said with such confidence, you know, what I did. I walked two sections over. You know what I found? The exact cord is the reason why you could fucking hear me right now. All right. So now everyone's an expert. I'm not shitting on the guy not knowing. What I am saying, don't assume someone's an expert just because they're in a combined 80 feet by 120 foot section where they're quote unquote just observing, making sure no one steals shit. And that's okay. If I want an expert, I would go to Best Buy, right? Psych. Um, but yeah. I felt. It's like just get your shit and go. What are you doing at 9 o'clock at night getting flowers the day after Easter? Who are you getting flowers for? Well, you know, people have birthdays and stuff. It's like, come fucking congratulations. Shit, I just remembered. What's day? The 18th? Ah, Jesus, it's the 19th. That means tomorrow is quote unquote 420, and a lot of people are going to be calling out of work, and then I'm off to cover for a bunch of druggies, good times, well, they don't drug tests, well, actually, they kind of do, good thing they don't, not that I do drugs, but 80% of the employees wouldn't have a job, um, <laughs> and that guy, if he needed to take a little break to do a little something-something, I don't blame him, but yeah, look, I, I'm just gonna put this as a PSA to people, when you're a customer at a place, just don't abuse your customer privilege and abuse an employee's generosity because they have to be generous to you. Now, if someone's engaging and they actually seem like, wow, yes, I actually want to help you. Oh my God, I know the perfect place to get graham crackers for your gingerbread house. Oh my God. Then yes. But... If you got to ask a question about something like, hey, where are the marshmallows? And they point to the marshmallows, you just say, oh, thank you. Or you could just read the fucking sign. They only have everything, you know, separated with six descriptions on each fucking aisle to help you out. Hey, where are the frozen potatoes? I don't know. Let me keep walking till I see fucking frozen potatoes on the description. All right. Yeah, but do they have sauteed diced tomatoes? Or potatoes. It's like, I don't know. How about you take 40 seconds out of your time and look down the potato section? There's only four little glass freezer sections. Figure it the fuck out. Alright? And, and I've never even worked at a grocery store. But goddamn, can we use some common sense? That's what, It's like, it's such a small flower section. You could literally do a turn stop. 
you can literally just spin twice around and you can see all the flowers. Uh, Jesus Christ. Oh, Easter. Uh, but yeah, I felt bad for the guy. And it's kind of like with the Quick Trip girl. Guy, I keep always going back to Quick Trip. When I always experience a late at night, like there'll be some weird, weird dude trying to buy alcohol at 4 or 5 a.m. So I'm like, come on, baby girl. You know I can, you know, why can't you just let me get a couple natty lights? It's like, because it's literally the fucking law, man. And they have they have the most leniency. They, like, you could go to gas stations, buy alcohol later than any other place that you can get on most days. If you go to a gas station, they say it's too late. You really waited until it's too late. All right? So I even feel less sympathy for you. All right? But yeah. I find it's whatever, though. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, wonder what would life be like. I I remember back back in my youth having peanut allergies used to be a really common thing. I don't know many people with nut allergies now. Well, I guess you know, girls have to really get accustomed to it. You know, um. Jesus, I'm a fucking douchebag. But you get the point. Nut allergies. And by the way, 98% of the time, it was always a guy with a nut allergy. Imagine being such a pussy. You're allergic to peanut butter. Watch as I, because I know you can grow to be allergic to things. Watch in like eight years, even though I eat peanut butter by the spoonful. Yeah, I'm one of those guys. Crunchy, extra crunchy. I can do it. I can put big wads of thick nuts down my throat. Deal with it. All right? Crunch it eyes me, Captain. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, Captain Crunch, they're more than good. They're grape. Um, yeah. You know, there's just certain things I feel like automatically demasculate you as a guy. If you're allergic to peanut butter, if, uh, if you... If you like a uh, wear nail polish, I know that's uh, Jesus. Uh, here we go, Clint. If you wear like nail polish and stuff like that, you know, it, to me, it just seems like you're for the nail polish thing. You're really trying hard about something. You're really trying hard to be impressionable. I guess. I don't know. I'm starting to sound like a douchebag now, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. But yeah, peanuts. Um, like Jimmy Carter. It's weird how the Jimmy Carter is known as the peanut guy. But yet, he doesn't have his own brand of peanuts. How come he never created peanut butter? How come he never created his own line of peanut butter? Because I go to a grocery store. I never understand the natural, quote-unquote, peanut butter. Like, what are we doing? Are you saying, like... What, what about peanut butter? It's supposed to be natural. I like dry, really fucking dry peanut butter. I don't like this oily, natural, spread, simply vegan, all that shit. Like, peanut butter, like, you know what? If you're eating peanut butter, you got to throw your, is this natural? It's a fucking 
it's a big wad of stuff that's like probably not really food. Like it's just nothing but nuts, oil, hydrogenated shit. And this whole thing, like there's certain things that shouldn't be natural. Like I don't eat grass-fed meat. I'm not paying four bucks extra for grass-fed anything. You really think that grass-fed is going to be different between me dying at 32 and 73? You think if I just replace my cholesterol-filled diet with grass-fed, you really think my life's going to be that much better? You really think if I eat simple, natural, organic fucking peanut butter where I have to fucking mix it myself every fucking time? Imagine if every time you drink something... You had to mix it. Imagine every time you drink a Coke, you had to shake that shit up for it to mix. Which, if you shake it up, actually bad shit happens. There's a sign. Alright? Imagine if everything you did, you had to shake it up. I don't know. I do not know. Uh, C4. Starburst. Wow, this uh, cherry's popping in my mouth. Okay. Uh, that's not a gross visual. Um, uh, I remember there was this uh, one time back, 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 back in the day where... I was, it was a, I believe it was like team sports or something. One of those classes where it's like, if you don't get a hundred, like you really tried hard not to. Like literally the qualification is just like, hey, go to the locker room, put on some different shorts, put on a white tee and just walk around the basketball court. And guess what? You pass, right? But. Near here to there. I remember I was playing pickup basketball one day. You know, there's always that one guy who's like, he's good, but he's not really good. But he's good when he's going against people that are not good. It felt like watching like grown-ups, where it's like Adam Sandler out there looks like Adam Sandler out there kind of looks like Trey Young doing all this cool shit. But really, he's going against like, you know, Division Three LA Fitness type of dudes. And on that type of level. But just compared to them, this dude's like, holy shit. And there's always that one guy that was always that much equivalently better than the rest of us. But when he would actually go against a six foot three guard on the actual team, um, he would just get overpowered. I remember one time they did like a full court in front of everyone and some guy fell straight on his knees. And of course, you know, ladies can be very mean. And they laughed at the guy for tripping and falling on his knees. They forget the fact that the guy just scored five straight buckets in versatile fashion. Like he went to the line, he drove, he did a reverse layup, he did like a corner three, he did a pump fake, did through the legs, 18 foot fadeaway. <coughs> but when he ran back... And he tripped and fell on his knees. And he got right back up. He was a trooper. 
all these girls laughed and they made like all these nasty rumors and all this shit and they just went oh my god this guy tripped during a basketball game it's like did you did you forget the part where you dropped 14 of the team's 21 points i was the guy who dropped 14 of the 21 points i'm the trey young in this situation and you know what they focus on the one thing i fucked up the one thing that's Stuck in their head was the one thing where I tripped. They ignore the fact that I was destroying. I was killing. They're like, ooh, why did this guy try out for the team? I did, but my ass, but it's cool. Um, and I just wasn't that good. But I was good enough to make these guys like, whoa, who's this guy? It was a little surprising. But that's all that focused on. When I would go to lunch and shit for like a couple days, it'd be like pointing and stuff. You know, there's just dumb high school shit. Oh, he fell. <laughs> fat fuck. It's like, yeah, well, my fat fuck just dropped 14 on your boyfriend, um, who's a bitch. And found out later in life, he likes getting fucked in the ass. Gotta love it. Um, nothing wrong with that. That's Seinfeld. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but, uh, yeah, it's funny how uh, the way things seem up the crack. And, but yeah, and what that situation opened to me life is that people will always focus, no matter what you do, no matter how much you accomplish, they will focus on the 1% that you didn't do that well. In that case, I tripped at half court while getting back on defense because my guy didn't want to cover in the fast break because, you know, he had to tie his shoes. Ah, Jesus. You know what? Just, you know, double knot your shoes, man. But it's cool. I told the guy. I even told, I, after that game, I was like, hey, man. Because I was like, hey, I can tell you're having trouble tying your shoes. Like, I'm not going to tie them for you, but I can show you. Watch me. I'll even, like, walk you through it. But he's like, nah, I'll just keep tucking to the side. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's why these bitches will always tuck you to the side. I'm just kidding. But, yes, no. And what that situation taught me, being, like, real-life shit, is that people always nitpick and pick out everything that you don't do that well. Or even stuff that you just fuck up. Or even stuff that you just have a lapse in judgment. Or even things that you just make a small error in judgment. One little thing you fuck up no matter how great you did. It's like the person that, it, it, you know, it's kind of like with uh, the recent, all this recent Will and Jada shit. Where all this stuff is coming out. People are pulling up clips from shows and shit. The part with Will talks about i think it was like her 40th or 37th birthday where he planned three years for this shit he like got all i think he got like this artist he like planned this and all this cool shit and then she had the audacity to be like i don't like that you're doing this this is because you're doing this for your ego it's like or i'm just doing it because you're my wife of 20 plus years and i love you but she had to nitpick the one thing that could possibly, even if it is true. Let's say he did do it for his ego. If he did anything for 2% of his ego and 98% of it is for your genuineness, who gives a fuck? But 
What did she do? She nitpicked the one thing about it where it could possibly be Jade. By the way, there's almost no realistic way that you can 100% be a giving person or give gifts or give anything and not take any little bit of satisfaction towards it. It is more than okay. You know, I was listening to Two Bears on One Cave earlier. And I don't listen to the pod often, but I decided to give it a listen today. Where it's Bert and Tom and they're like best friends. They're comedians and stuff. And they were talking about this like kind of one up in each other. Like in a playful way of, you know, I like Bert bought Tom like this custom racing car type of shit like spent a hundred thousand and tom got him something that even exceeded that plus like a ski thing and a trip and all this shit and it was just like and like they even meant like it makes me feel good when i do something for someone else and that's okay and who cares if there's a percent of it that's for your ego but getting back to the point here is that people always find ways to tear your shit apart, always find ways to try to justify why what you did wasn't the most genuine. It's like, even if it was 99% disingenuous, the act is still the act. I still bought you a fucking house. Obviously, that's not real. I can't really buy a house. But you get the sentiment. And I think the situation, it's such a small thing that I really believe, like, when you're younger, teens and kids, like, there's a lot of things you could pick up in smaller forms because small things become big things. Someone that doesn't appreciate things or that nitpicks things from a young age, and we all do to different extents, right? But it's like, look at the overall gesture. And in this situation where I tripped in front of like 40 people in the stands, I fell on my knees. I didn't fall on my face. I just fell on my knees. A little burn from the wood, hardwood, termites. <laughs> and boy, they are coming out of the woodworks to eat my wood. I know I said at the beginning, but I felt like it's fitting. Um, don't roll me up in a wrestling pad and, you know, suffocate me. Okay. But, uh... And I, I think what I see a lot, and this is more of a social media thing, this isn't really my personal life in general, and even if there is, I'm not going to really speak about it. Um, but th- there will always be people that, there will always be, you, you see a lot of people that try to break apart situations by quote-unquote nuance and context. Gotta love the overuse of those words. They are important. But at the same time, it's sometimes things just are what they are. It's just like, hey, like Will and Jay, this is just a nice birthday gift. I spent a lot of time thinking of you. Thought about you, thought about what you enjoy. And then you find a way to tell me, this isn't for me, is it? You just ruined something that someone planned three years for you. And not just anyone, your fucking husband. But whatever. But. What I learned from falling on my knees is that no matter how many times you fall on your knees, even God is judging you from above. Even he's like, are you really praying? Could you imagine if God, it's funny how people say no one can judge you but God, right? Not to get religious here, 
But no one can judge you but God. But you're going to judge someone's true intentions. You are going to judge someone what the real reason why they're doing something. Because if you're going by that logic, then you have no business judging anyone's intentions. If someone does anything for you, you just accept it for what it is. If they say, hey, this is for you and your birthday, then that's it. You just say thank you, fuck off, and move about your day. And you don't even get to go there. Because you know what? That's God's place to judge. And it... And I think everyone can relate to a simple fact. Not to get too sentimental here, but hey, it's my fucking podcast. If I want to get sentimental, you can go fuck off if it's a problem to you. Because you know what? Everyone has sentimental moments. You can't judge me. You're not Jesus Christ. Um, uh, no, you ark in this conversation. Okay. Yeah, and I guess I think one of my greatest qualities is that I should say great, but it's also probably one of my worst, if it makes sense. I always think your greatest quality is also your worst. It really just depends on how someone wants to judge you or however you want to justify that day. Or certain situations are worse great and others the opposite. And I'm just kind of one of those people like I for better or worse, I don't care what other people think. And at the same time, that's also a problem because you should care. Obviously, I care. But I think people understand when someone's a, like, I can't, I can't justify it beyond a certain thing to you. I'm not in the business of over-explaining my process of what I think or feel about something. Like, it's like at a certain point, it's like, if you want to hear an answer out of me, then you're just going to have to accept the answer I give you. Not the raping conversation here where it's either you are going to take my word or you're going to take my word. Um, but um, by the way, I'd, I may, I'd probably do rape in conversation. Not literally. Here's what I mean by that. It's kind of a term I came up with, even though I'm pretty sure someone has come. But it's basically where... You are, when I think of the word rape in conversation, I think of someone that we, that this is how I'm going to talk. This is how I'm going to conversate. And if you don't like it, then that's a you problem type of thing. Uh, Actually, that's a terrible way of putting it. That is not what I mean by raping a conversation, actually. I don't know. I'll, I'll probably think about that one more. But here's what I will say. <laughs> oh, I almost went down a dark alley there without actually uh, turning on the flashlight. Um, or flashlight, depending on, you know, what type of NCIS scene this is. Or SVU. Special vaginal units. Because that's really what the show is. It's just... I've never heard the term rape kit used so much in a series. Or anything. Like, that show introduced us to rape kits. You know? I don't know. Hopefully you never actually have to have one. I don't even know what... Uh, I kind of know what goes through the process of one. Not that I've been a part of it. But, you know, you do the math of what takes place in one. And 
what information is needed and what's probably going to have to happen. Pretty sure it's very uncomfortable. Where it sounds like, yeah, I just got this happened to me. They're like, great. We're going to need to go back in and uh, double dip. It's like, but I was always told not to double dip. It's like, yeah. We're double dipping. Anyways, double D's. Um, double D's nuts. Which is how it happened in the first place. Okay. Woo. That took a real. I don't know where I was going with that. But seriously. Back to the point. Um. You can definitely tell they're not playing too much for this pod. And that's okay. That's what makes this pod so very special. Because I'm a creep. Um, I I just... Uh, I, I'm just so tired in society. I'm so tired of seeing shit when you watch YouTube videos and nothing where people just find everything wrong with people that aren't even really bad people like i think with like the worst people in the world we try to justify any good and then with all the better people in the world we always try to find what's wrong it's kind of like the isaiah rashad you know the isaiah rashad situation um apparently at coachella he kind of did like a he didn't, he basically like, look, I know what's out there. I know what's apparently, I, again, never seen the video. I think I touched on it as much as the other guys in the video were touching, I'm assuming. But apparently there was a video that someone leaked of him doing things with other guys. Basically outing him as probably a homosexual man. I didn't see the video, but based off descriptions and what people talked about, it, it's pretty clear took place um and in his introduction like i guess video before he came out on stage he kind of put like a collage powerpoint stuff addressing it and the crowd was very supportive of it because regardless of whether you believe in regardless if you're for that life and nothing like that part of that community or whatever i think anything someone should always respect is that people come out with whatever they're comfortable coming out about themselves on their own terms. It's never anyone else's business for someone's personal life unless it's harmful to other people, which obviously this is not the case here. Someone literally just leaked some shit. That's his personal business that was literally only leaked just probably for honestly to use as blackmail. Because simply with this stuff, the artists or whoever is whatever being leaked to someone they know ahead of time and they're trying to get ahead of it and he probably got a point like you know what leak it it's probably going to make more relief i don't have to hide this you know I've, i found out a funny interesting thing with the more the morgan wallen the ring doorbell the stuff being um the video being released it wasn't like it happened a night before and it was released the next morning apparently that stuff took months ahead of time because when little dirk i was looking at when little dirk was like interviewed by either a podcast i think it may have been academics about and he talked to him and it was a fairly recent something and i could be wrong it may not have been accurate but it was someone in media that interviewed him about the more how'd you feel going and he's like you know he's like i just asked him straight up is this what you, what, what do you really feel? And they had like 
heart to heart and he came away feeling like that's not who he is blah 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 you know you could take whatever from that but a key thing I picked out from that was when he said that hey because they were supposed to work on stuff ahead of time but when he reached out to him he Morgan's like hey you know, I want to be able to work together, but as of right now, I'm kind of dealing with something that's going to be coming out soon about a leaked video of me saying X, Y, Z, and he was up front about it, and Lil Durr's like, okay, well, is this what you really feel? Because he told him whatever, is this what you really feel, whatever, and he came away comfortable with the fact that he was still willing to work with Morgan and possibly, you know, look past that or at least, you know, kind of give him a chance right and then that's when they came out with Broadway girls later on and worked on something cool but what it took away is that he like Morgan knew about it. it wasn't like it was released and then he had the answer to it like they know about this shit ahead of time and typically they know about the shit ahead of time is because when people go to news outlets like TMZ or these gossip or stuff that will release this stuff the news will typically let those people know Hey, would you like to comment before we release this? It could be a legal thing where it's like you can have a comment before we release this or whatever and we'll attach that to it. Or they could possibly be used as leverage as blackmail. They're like, hey, we won't release it if you pay us a crazy amount of fucking money. And I don't know if that's what happened to Isaiah Rashad's situation, but I do think it's an interesting situation in that I think he even went on stage when he got on stage before he even started performing and he actually, you know, got emotional, like you guys have kept me in this, kept me alive the past month or whatever. And like having a heart to heart about this situation and he didn't deny it or nothing like that. But I think anyone could sympathize with anything about if there's just stuff you don't, that you're not ready to put out there. Right. And for most people, that could be their sexuality. Some people, it could be their beliefs in things. For some people, it can just be um, as simple as personal shit in their relationships in life that they don't really want out there. Stuff from their past they don't want out there. But sometimes people take that out of your hands when it's not their business to put out there. And they're capitalizing of something that's not even their... I don't even want to use pain, but... Like, it's always weird when someone capitalizes and make money off someone else's pain or secret type of way of living. And, you know, I, I've talked about this in the past, but I felt like since I did bring up someone capitalizing on people, I've always kind of felt weird when you see YouTubers monetize channels. Um, You know, it's a lot of contradicting things because... There's a lot of YouTubers, there's a lot of news sources that talk about, you know, supporting, for example, like black businesses or with the with the Ukraine and Russia thing. All of a sudden, all of a sudden people give a fuck about Ukraine charities and Ukraine uh, type of stuff when no one ever cared about that shit before. And ironically, it seems like people are trying to capitalize on a heightened sensitive situation between, you know, whether it could be political or... It's, social issues and all of a sudden they want to find a way to 
make it kind of about them and monetize off it because they're talking about a situation that they know is going to get clicks and shit for the internet and YouTube. Like, you know shit like that is going to get clicks. And unless you can guarantee that all the money is going towards that, which I highly doubt it. Um, and even then, like, by default, it's kind of contradicting because you're using people dying. You're using a political heightened situation to heighten yours. And that's really no different from news in general, so I guess in that sense. But how much do you really trust the news these days? But it's just funny when you see these YouTubers, even like Hassan who's talking about, I actually don't, I'm going to be honest, I feel like anyone that is so uber defensive about a community they're not a part of, or that passionately a part of, to me, it by default automatically makes me assume that you are trying to capitalize off a movement that's not yours to capitalize on. Like Hassan has been on Hassan Piker. He has been on this. Everyone is transphobic. And he's been on this trans athlete stuff. And again. Um, I think my opinion is pretty based on that. It's like look. I'll just say it. I don't think that it's fair. I think it's quite the opposite of what the intention is. Because you're not protecting women's sports. You're actually making a mockery of women's sports. And you are not protecting women's records. And it just furthers the point that is going to make women's sports be taken less serious than it kind of already is in society. Because it's basically men taking over women's sports. And I don't think every single man that transitions to a woman in sports is because, they're just because they just want to have a competitive advantage. But I certainly don't think it's all for the most genuine of reasons. Because sometimes it seems like a very quick process. Like in a year, like, oh, yes, I'm going to do this and all this shit. And sometimes it does seem a little capitalistic. Because I do think there is an appeal to winning. And some people, if we want to really believe like Michael Jordan, do anything you got to do to win. This win at all cost mentality. If athletes, if every athlete has that mindset that we think we do, it wouldn't be crazy if that's all that matters to someone is, I got to do what I got to do to win. I didn't say it had to be against, you know, people that share the same biological uh, comparisons as I do. I didn't say it had to be that as long as I see first place me, right? But getting back to kind of the bigger point, just to kind of put my view on that, is that I think anytime I see someone like Hassan who is, everyone's transphobic, everyone's this, and other channels have covered this and stuff. And But anytime I see someone who's not a part of the community, doesn't really even seem like he's that connected to the community. It just seems like he's saying things just because he knows what will be divisive. He knows what's going against what seems to be, quote-unquote, the norm in this type of media these days. It seems like when you just keep throwing that word transphobic, transphobic, transphobic. And he's typically well versed on things and he at least has opinions with very extensive groundwork. Even if you agree or disagree. It seems like with this one, he doesn't really have a lot of good ways of explaining 
why he thinks what he thinks. And that's where it's like, it doesn't even seem like you understand why you think this way. And, you know, and to me, it seems like someone like that in that situation, it seems like you're trying to capitalize on something that's not your business to capitalize on. And when you're making money doing streaming or doing YouTube and stuff, when you talk about things by default, you technically are appropriating, you are by definition being a, I guess, vulture, like you talk about appropriation or capitalizing on things. Um, You're literally capitalizing on something that's not your business to capitalize it's, it's, it's ironic to me when white channels during Black Lives Matter and stuff like that, when they would actually, they would talk about support black business, support this, and that's great. Except you were going to capitalize on a video that you talked about something uh, in relation to that, and then you're going to make tens of thousands of dollars as a white person capitalizing on a black person's death. Or a black person's pain and history and stuff. And you are going to make, ironically, ten to fifteen, twenty thousand dollars for that video if you're one of these like crazy big YouTubers, right? Sometimes even more money than that. I'm not saying you can't talk about stuff in your video. I'm not even saying that you can't talk about stuff and make money off of it, even if it's not yours. What I am saying, if you're going to be on this road of People capitalizing and this and that and appropriating and vulture. Have some self-awareness what it seems like you're doing. Alright? Just a thought. Um, I know, crazy guy, crazy white cis male. When actually, I think I'm actually being fair to people who are actually being kind of fucked over in the process. Um, so, yeah. Uh... You know, I really need to do some Molly. Whew, that shit was great. Fun fact. Uh, I did it one time. I got a, I guess it's, it's fair to say I got a Molly Whopped. I get it. Uh, kind of like Molly Kiram as a host of First Take. It uh, makes you want to, makes you want to tune a lot of things out. Um <laughs> Um, yeah, no, dude, Molly is fucking great. Uh, you know what? Sometimes I know drugs aren't great. Drugs are not for kids. Drugs are not great. But Molly's a different animal. It's dumb because it's so synthetic. It's so full of bad shit. I actually think I was kind of scared because when I did do it, it was a wonderful night. I don't know how to tell you. I'm not going to sit here and try to be like, you know what, looking back, I was just so young and naive. It's like, you know what, nah, I did it. I bought it from a guy who literally like a minute before he, uh, you know, you know, sold me the drugs, me and the person I was with. And I literally saw him do like a bump of cocaine in his nose or he put some white up his nose. I'm going to assume it's the good old speed bump. Um, 
And guess what? I took it, and I'm like, you know what? This is so fucking dumb. But that's what life's about. It's about being so fucking dumb. And it felt great. You were feeling young. You were feeling alive. It was, you know, youth. The power of youth. Youth, baby. And the most beautiful part of it was that when, I don't know if any of y'all have ever taken Molly, but I think anyone that kind of knows, you take it, right? And you're expecting like it to hit in like five or 10 minutes, right? It's like 15 minutes and you're like, ah, Jesus, I got duped. Uh, and I asked, and I remember I asked him, I was like, hey, Kuba's on. They're like, dude, trust me. Give it about another 15. You won't even know where you're at. And I'm like, ah, oh, whatever. Literally, I like blacked out. And next thing you know, like, it's like I'm in the mist. And then next thing you know, I'm in the bathroom. I got to throw up, but I just can't. And there's some guy that's working at this uh, kind of like club. It was at a club. I don't know if it's technically a rave club. It was some type of, you know, EDM, one of those weird shit, multiple flights shit. And there's this guy in towel, and he's, his job was just to be the bathroom show. I've never been to a place where there was a bathroom chauffeur at a restaurant. Never been to a, well, actually, no, I'd say that back. I went to a club, I've been to clubs before where there was a guy outside type of thing, but never like actually inside. You know, you have the guy outside, they kind of one by one type of thing, make sure people aren't going in there, you know. Making babies, um, you know, got to protect the clean. It's weird how they, like these clubs. You would think they had the nastiest bathrooms, but they actually keep on top of that shit. Um, you know, but back to the so, and they just had the he just had like he just had like the squirt soap thing. He had like a towel ready, and he was just like he just looked like a guy who just like respected his job. He was in like a full tux uniform. And he was a little like my age at the time. He was a young pup. And he get and I think he could tell like he's like he's like, yeah, I see about 18 of y'all type motherfuckers in here at night. He's like, ah, this shit. You can tell he's like, this your first time, huh? But uh, so I got back out there, went back out there, find the person I was with, and we had a great time. Not gonna get into the deets. But yeah. And Mall, like, I had this weird, like, it was in my system for a good, like, 10, 12 hours where I remember, I remember driving home, you know, after I got back, took the Uber back, got in my car and drove home, and I was just like, whoa, my eyes were just like, whoa, baby, whoa, everything was just like, I can see clearly now the... Bitches of mine. And like, I remember I stopped by Chick-fil-A, ironically. <laughs> Going to Molly on Chick-fil-A is like the most contradicting of values. Um, I don't think Truette Kathy was ever like, all you need is God, chicken, and Molly. Oh, the Molly. <laughs> That's what he really does on Sunday. He's like, Sundays is for the Molly, my little fuckers. Um... Yeah, he's like, yeah, put all the Polynesian sauce you want. It's not going to get rid of the Molly effect. 
you know, Molly's one of the things, it's not like alcohol where you just eat and eat and drink a shitload of, they do advise, drink a lot of fucking water on it, by the way, drink a lot of fucking water, but, because you will feel dehydrated as fuck, but, the eating part's not really gonna help you, actually, I think, they told, like, it's okay to eat a little, but have, like, just a little snack, like, peanuts and shit, don't actually try to eat, like, a full course meal, because you will probably throw up, uh, but yeah, no, looking back, I remember I stopped by Chick-fil-A on the way home, and I'm just in the drive-thru with my eyes wide open. I'm probably not even blinking. You know, typically, like, you know, the Chick-fil-A woman, Chick-fil-A woman in the window, she's always very generous and nice. She looked at me, and I think she was actually kind of scared for her life. Um, I think she thought I was about to, like, oh, chicken. Like, my eyes were just, like, zoomed. And, I, and the only reason why I knew my eyes were like that, because when I got home, and I... I, I took a shower thing. The, the shower didn't help anything. And I just, I looked in the mirror after being, as I was still on it, I just look in my eyes and I'm like, I felt like Creed with eyes wide open. Um, <laughs> boy, they were wide open. Kind of like T.O. in the fan control football league. Or uh, the corner that picked off Paxton Lynch. What the fuck were you doing, Paxton? Jesus Christ. Um, but it was just such a wild, intense, lasting experience. And I'm not a drug guy. I I don't even do drugs. Like, Molly's like the craziest thing I've ever done, but I've done it one time. And I told myself, like, you know what? This is something I could do like once a year, but I wouldn't do it by myself. It would have to be with a, another individual for security and... You're a horny motherfucker on that shit. I don't know how else to put it. Um, and you want to feel that with someone, right? Like, honestly, if you're a Molly, I don't know. If, <laughs> maybe Isaiah Rashad was on Molly. He may not have, He may not even be gay. He may not. He may have never even swung to that side. But, hey, maybe he was on Molly. And it's like, fuck it, man. You know, when you're horny, like, if you're a true sex addict, what they say... It doesn't even, the reason why sex addiction can be problematic isn't just because you want to have sex all the time and it creates unhealthy boundaries and unhealthy relationship with someone you love and you may cheat more because you just are going to go to great ends to get what you need to get that feeling, that high, no pun intended. It's because your standards are so low, it doesn't even matter the quality well, I shouldn't say that for a sec because it doesn't matter, man or woman. But, like, let's say for drugs, if you have a drug, it doesn't even, like, let's say you have a standard, right? Like, I'm not a weed expert, but I know there's strands. I know there's, you know, there's cush. There's all this weird shit. I don't know. I'm, there's so many different things. But if you're just like, you know what, man? Just give me some high synthetic, pour gasoline on it. I don't give a fuck. Like, yeah, your standards are probably disdained down so bad that you only have a place to say no to something. And when you don't have control to even say no of something, that's where I think, well, not think, I know it's problematic, right? And, you know, maybe he's in a situation where he's like, hey, I'm not even in the guys, but I'm horny. And if this is what I feel, this is what I'm going to do, Right? And, you know, I always thought Molly would be like something I do once a year. And haven't touched it since. I would never rule it out. But at the same time, 
it is one of those things where when you really look at what's in it, one, you don't know what's in it because it's a street drug. It's made by some guy in a skyscraper who's making 20K a month, you know, killing people. It's really no different than when you go on those, like, when you watch those, like, Vice small little mini documentaries where where someone is just, you know, making crack in their fucking, you know, project housing funded by the government, ironically. And they're making crack in this place. And they are literally fledging. They are literally killing their community. It's kind of like the movie American Gangster. It's like Frank Lucas, as much money as he made to kind of give back, he also kind of killed a good portion of his community. And for the expense of that. And that's kind of like that weird thing with kingpin and drug dealers and communities is that yes you're making a shitload of money and even if you use that money for good to kind of give back and pay for this it's like you killed a lot of people who were fiends and become addicted to things and you contribute to a very negative part of your community but molly's great um But when you really look like, I remember, I remember it wasn't even like, I was so scared to even think about what was in it. I was like, I'm just happy I survived. There was like no hangover. I was scared I was going to wake up the next day and want to kill myself. I woke up the next day and I'm like, oh, it's like, I remember I had like a little bit, like I was a little dehydrated, but I was like, wow. Like in a couple hours after I woke up, I was like, huh, I could do this shit every fucking day. Now that I would, but I was like, I could do this every day and justify it. And that's the thing, like, when you can justify shit that has bad hangovers, imagine something where you don't have one. That's where that shit gets scary, when there's no apparent side effects, now I can make you drop dead one day, because who knows what was in it, because they, because they say it's so synthetic, it's made by individuals, it's a dependent, it gets, it's, you know, especially nowadays, you gotta worry about fentanyl, and that has killed so, that has killed so many people, and I remember... And that's also another thing, is I remember I, I looked up, what's in Molly? The government's probably looking at me like, hmm, why is it going to some Molly? It's like, yeah, you know what, I took it. What are you going to do about it, huh? You going to arrest the whole scene? You going to arrest millions of people in 420? I doubt it, okay? Um, But I remember I looked in, there's like, well, depending on what you get, there could be forms of crack, heroin, forms of meth, crystal i remember there was like little crystals in it and i'm like it's was, it was just like this capsule I'm like capsules don't really do much for me like i've taken pills of tylenol advil before like they don't really do anything for me that's one reason why i don't really take pills and shit they just don't do anything and i remember taking and i was like this thing's supposed to get me fucked up i remember it was like this very gal- it looked very galactic like you know the like you know the uh, the What a Time to Be Alive album cover with Drake and Future's, like, duo album. The one where it's basically, like, a crystal, where it's, like, a diamond, like, illuminating. That's kind of, like, what it looked like in this small little capsule. It looked kind of weird. And they're like, whatever you do, don't bite it. I didn't. But they're like, it's gonna have a weird taste, but you'll be fine. Just drink some after. Had a little tequila, because when I taste tequila... Your your mouth is on my heart and my khaki pants. 
Um, <laughs> good times. Um, but yeah, no, but yeah, Molly, good times. And right when I say good times, it's exactly at an hour. But no, here's what we'll say. Um, I don't recommend Molly because I'm not going to be in charge of killing people. And you should probably um, not do it because it, it's so, you just don't know how your body's going to react. And looking back, especially with someone with my, depend on the state of my body. I know I have heart, well not heart, but I have breathing issues and that's what I was worried about. And I was in decent enough shape then where I wasn't, but like, if I was like at a place like a year and a half ago where I was heavily overweight, my heart was not, you know, my blood pressure was probably all over and shit like that. That's probably not a drug to take when you are having a lot of different, you know, health uh, comorbidities, I guess. You know, fuck, fuck, you know, the thing that's taken over the world the past two plus years. Like, don't take Molly when you have comorbidities. I mean, Jesus. that Now, that's a death sentence. You don't see many, you know, very obese people taking Molly because it's like instant death. You know? Um, <laughs> that's the shit that would kill you. You always see very fit young men and women who are just horny little fucks at like Coachella and all these places. That's where you do it. But yeah. Um, PSA, don't do Molly, but really do it. And when you do, go to Chick-fil-A and, uh, make their morning. <laughs> like, you know, you know, like they're like all, ha- I know they were like all happy. Welcome to Chick-fil-A. How's it? And it's just like seven, some 17 year old girl in high school is like thinking like some druggie just came. Cause you know, there's probably not many druggies going to Chick-fil-A, just generalizing there. They're totally in safe places and stuff like that. And, you know, that's where people go Burger King for that. Um, <laughs> I think Burger King probably gets, like, the craziest amount of druggies. Because it's, like, low standards as is. McDonald's has low standards, but it's so commercialized. Like, Burger King is, like, no pun intended, is, like, a whopping step below that. It's always, like, a low class. This is where real shit will happen. And maybe that's why if they charge extra. All right, I really need to get over that they charge extra for cheese. They just don't include it in the price. You just, it's included after you ask for it. Because, you know, God forbid, if someone just didn't want cheese, you'd be like, hey, can I not get cheese on that? God forbid. God forbid. Okay. But, yeah. On that note, Molly and uh, Burger King. Next time I do Molly, go to Burger King. They got croissant sandwiches and, uh, They'll be like, ah, you're the third one this morning. Fun night last night, huh? And I'll be like, oh, yeah. And I actually got shit now, so I got to wrap up the pod. That was episode 138 of the Off and Me podcast. Don't forget to follow the pod on all apps and suck some titties and do Molly. And maybe suck Molly's titties. Uh, Detroit Rock City, Jalen Rose, a kiss from a Jalen Rose. All right, guys, have a great day. This will be posted probably Friday, some shit. Yeah, it'll be posted when it's posted. Have a great day. And do Molly. <laughs>